0: Listening to daily devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. God's will, God's way is this. To Title of this devotion or God's Will and Way. I don't know about you, but I, I think about this quite a lot and pray about it and, and seek it to see His will not just in me, but that, yes, amen, but that I live for His will and His way. Jesus talked about it. I can only do the will of my Father. I have come down from heaven, he says in John 6, verse 37. He says, I have come down from the Father in heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And Jesus then says, I am the way in John 14, verse 6, the way Jesus was not just in the way. The Bible says in Proverbs 10, 17, I think it is, that he who is in the way of life becomes a way of life to others. Jesus is in the way and has become the way. Or Hebrews 10 talks about he opened a new life-giving way to the Father by the offering of himself. And he leads us in the way as he is the way. And the same eternal spirit by which he offered himself to the Father. He now works and perfects in us to enable and empower us to offer ourselves to the Father so that we are in the way and become the way to others. Can you hear this? And I want to read you a scripture that I'm sure you know, but I think it is well worth hearing again. I can hear this scripture and hear it and hear it and feel the pullings of it and the, and the workings of it, how it wants to, is looking for those in whom it may manifest here on the earth. The scripture right here in First Timothy chapter 2, starting at verse three, for this is good And acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. He desires, he wants all men to be saved. I know that through history in the Bible, people have gone through predestination and so forth, and they've gone through the searchings of trying to discover the reasons why some may come to Christ and some may not, why some begin to embody this, this heavenly life and some not. And they try to answer things in their desire for discovery, but some things, you have to leave it with God. I know that that can be difficult for those who have such inquisitive minds, and and that cannot just easily lay it down. I myself, I, I like to live within, the Father loves me, John 5, verse 19 and 20. He shows me all things. And he will show me greater things than these, so that you might marvel, which I really feel is a key word for this new year, that we will marvel. But Jesus lived in that beautiful submission to the Father that he trusted the Father to love him and would show him all things. You know, it's kind of like what the Lord said to Abraham in Genesis chapter... Um, 18, listen to it. Verse 17. Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? I I don't want to live within this that the Lord has to hide things from me because I'm not living for His plans and purposes for His ways and will you know His will and His way I want to so live in His will and in His way that the Father trusts to unveil in me the things He wants to do He says in Amos how can two walk together unless they are agreed God Does nothing unless he first reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Shall I find that verse for you? If I can find Amos quick enough. Here's Amos. After Hosea, after Joel, it says, um, Oh, my goodness. Um, Here, verse 7. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless He reveals His secret to His servants, the prophets. A lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord has spoken, who can but prophesy? And I I really want to implant this thought to your heart that the Lord wants to bring you into such a place of of His will and His way that he can entrust you with what he wants to do. It is kind of like Matthew chapter... um, Matthew chapter... I'll tell you in just a second here as I find it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He says to the disciples, he says, Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely you, and so forth. What was happening? Jesus was revealing to his entrusted disciples whom the Father gave to him what he was doing, what he was about to do, and what he he was doing, what the Father was doing. He said, I can only do what the Father is doing. I do nothing of myself, but I only do what the Father does. So now he is showing those disciples what the Father is doing, and because they go out in his name, They're able to do what He does. And this is what I'm really talking to you about. That you are in such a place of God's will and His ways that God can entrust you and show you what He's doing. And then you do it and it happens. Why? Because He's doing it. Oh, how sweetly the Heavenly Father has granted me this. I'll never forget I was staying at a couple's house in Houston, Texas, Galen and Nikki Walters. And I was just there for that evening and night and the next morning I went on to preach somewhere else. And and I was up in the morning like I always was up. But this time, as I was walking back and forth in the little room where I was staying, I was praying and saying, Father, why am I here? Why am I here? Father, you didn't just send me here for a nice meal and for some friendly fellowship. Why am I here, Father? What is it that you want to do? do? you see? It's like the Holy Spirit had put it in my heart. I'm in His will and in His way. I'm here to represent Him in all that I am and say and do. And I kept praying and I kept praying it. And after only but a little hour of prayer, it just, what, I felt the will and the way of God manifesting in my, in my being. Did you know what you were going to do? No, I just knew it was there. Did you know what it was? No, I didn't need to know. He'll show me at the moment. You see, it's a certain heart and mind. It's not that God ahead of time always tells you everything. No, He doesn't tell you often till, till right at the split second. He says, don't worry what you will say. The Father will give you the words at the moment you're speaking. Jesus told his disciples. And so I I was about to leave. I, I found Walter. I said, hey, Walter. I said, do you and, and Nikki have a moment? We could just sit down for a second before I leave. He said, oh, yeah, let me go get her. He got her. And she sat here and he sat there and I sat here. And the moment we sat down together, the Lord came into my Conscious. And I looked at Nikki. I said, the Lord says to you, how lovely are your feet. And when I said it, boom, his presence manifested. And I said to her, Nikki, do you mind if I pray for your feet? And she's crying and her husband, Walter, is crying. And they're crying and he came over to, you know, be with her. And they were both crying. I didn't know what was going on, didn't need to know. And I took her feet and I said, Father, I thank you for the miracle on these feet. Father, that you love them and bless them. And Jesus healed her feet. That very split second, he healed her feet. And Walter told me when he took me to the airport that she was gonna go to the hospital that day to have a surgery on her feet because the bones were come through the bottom of her feet and causing her so much pain. But Jesus healed them and they were perfectly healed. This is what I'm talking to you about, about God's will and His way. And God wants to bring us into such a readiness, such a readiness that this year we're gonna marvel and say, oh, glory to God, like that. Oh, my friends, you cannot imagine how my heart rejoiced at seeing the Father work this in this precious lady's life and healing her feet and how I long to live in this day and night and long to live ready and long to see Him. So I want to close with something very important because one thing we know, God does not want any man to perish. I read to you from 1 Timothy chapter 2, but He wants everyone to come to the knowledge of the truth that there is but one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus who gave Himself a ransom for many. You see, I'm going to read you a letter by Theo Osborne in just a moment. Theo Osborne is a phenomenal servant of God with his wife Daisy, and he's in heaven now. Both of them are in heaven. But before I read the letter, I want to just bring this thought to your heart. What about all these people out there that don't know the Lord? What about that? What about these people in other religions besides Christianity who really are earnest? Well, I will tell you what Jesus said about this in John chapter 6, verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who's heard and learned from the Father comes to me. You see, I believe this with all my heart, that all these people in other religions and out there in the world who maybe don't know Christianity, weren't raised in church and so forth, if they earnestly are looking for God, The Heavenly Father will draw them to His Son, Jesus. And we're seeing throughout the world, many millions of precious souls coming to Christ today as God's Spirit is working mightily in the earth. I mean, phenomenally powerful. So in closing, I have this letter that Brother Osborne wrote in 2004. And the question is, what happens to people who don't know the Lord? Brother Osborne says, well, you won't find anyone qualified to give a definite answer to the question because they don't know. Well, what about me? What's my position? I don't know either, but I don't live my life on what I don't know. I live it on what I do know. And those things are plentiful enough to keep me busy and happy. I know that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how shall they call if they haven't believed? And how shall they believe if they haven't heard, Etc. My life and mission stands in reference at the cross of Christ where He paid for the sins of the world. My commitment is to tell the world about the love, His love for them. I have never allowed myself or my emotions to be entangled with the theologians who guess at so many things and accomplish so little for the world. I have never speculated things in the Bible because the vital part that concerns me is very certain. Jesus paid for the sin of the world and they do not know it. So it's my mission to tell them. It is not a matter of I must tell them. It's a matter that I love them and I feel that they deserve to know the good news. It is not fair for me to know and not to tell them. So... At 80, this is 2004, at 80, I am going to every nation I can. I cannot answer the silly questions that silly theologians ask. They're only dodging the issue. They are hunting for excuses for their own lack of commitment to Christ. My Lord has spoken. He has sent back the Holy Spirit to empower me. I have one mission. Go and tell people, not because I have to, but because I've looked in their faces and loved them and they deserve. To know. What happens if I don't tell them? I don't know. Nobody else knows. But plenty of lazy preachers turned philosophers are guessing negatively to get themselves off the hook. And they can rest at ease. Jesus died in vain. The blood is for nothing. His blood is for nothing. The Bible is a book of emotions and the gospel is not the power of God. And it is a a thousand other fundamentals of the Christian faith fall into question. They are wrong. They don't have an explanation. I don't have an explanation for them. They are hardened in their hearts and should not be in the pulpit, but it is their choice. Ministry to them is a job, a trade, a profession, not a mission. Leave them alone, refuse to hear them. When in conferences, never attempt to answer their silly questions. Preach the gospel. Keep preaching the simplicity of the gospel. Read Oswald J. Smith books, especially Passion for Souls. Keep telling your audiences about Christ's sacrifice, his love, his passion, resurrection, his sending back the Holy Spirit, and why? His commission, etc. Keep calling young people to give themselves to his mandate. It alone is right. The kind of people that have caused you to ask the question will never pay your pill bills They are lazy dogs who slumber while Jesus sweat great drops of blood. For you, they don't exist. Leave them to their own deceits and to their own ramblings and empty suppositions. We are not preoccupied with what happens if people, if, if. We are occupied with our Lord's mandate. He is the general. He is our shepherd. He has given the orders. Obey him. Or if you choose, go and run with the deserters. Listen to their babble. Your life will know little satisfaction. Better to be loyal to your master. Don't give ear to the the quibbling of stupid stargazers. They're a pack of losers. I'm a winner. I run with the Jesus kind of people. His commandment is final for me. May God bless you. Wow. You see, Brother Osborne was a man who lived in his will and his way, and he was employed by the Lord Jesus Christ and was able to bring many precious souls to the knowledge of the truth that there's but one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Why? Because everybody could see and feel the love of Jesus in him. Let's live for that purpose today. Let's go all out for God and live in His way and in His will. Amen. Have a good day, everybody. God bless.